Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your Hello, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. Psalm 38. I, I want to continue on talking about this issue of the relatability and where I find myself and what I can do when, when I've sinned. When I've sinned, when I have other difficulties going on, we are not alone. So I've got Psalm 38 here from the New King James Version. A Psalm of David to bring to remembrance. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. For your arrows pierce me deeply, and your hand presses me down. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are full of inflammation and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before you and my sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pants, my strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my relatives stand afar off. Those also who seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek my hurt speak of destruction and plan deception all the day long. But I, like a deaf man, do not hear. And I am like a mute who does not open his mouth. Thus I am like a man who does not hear, and in whose mouth is no response. For in you, O Lord, I hope, you will hear, O Lord my God. For I said, Hear me, lest they rejoice over me, lest when my foot slips they exalt themselves against me. For I am ready to fall, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare my iniquity, I will be in anguish over my sin, But my enemies are vigorous, and they are strong, and those who hate me wrongfully have multiplied. Those also who render evil for good, they are my adversaries, because I follow what is good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me. O Lord, my salvation. I love the last two verses. I love the way they end. That makes so much sense to me. The begging and pleading, Lord, don't forsake me. Be near me, help me. Uh, he, he, we're, we're dealing with a man who feels isolated from friend and family. The the only ones who seem to be paying close attention to him are enemies. Yeah, and they're they're getting closer, but for no good reason. Yeah, yeah. And so it ends with this plea of, and it's a threefold plea: don't abandon me. Mm-hmm. Okay, but listen, it, it's not good enough for you to be over there in the distance. Be near me. Yeah, be, be not far, me. be near me. And and not just, I'm not asking you to just kind of stand in my presence and be around me. Please be active. Yeah. Be active and do something about this. So so and, don't and abandon soon. me, stand near me and do something. Make haste to do it. That makes absolute perfect sense to me. I can yeah. understand why someone is allowed to beg and plead for God's mercy and the time of sin. Well, what else are we going to do? Well... I'm really shocked by how it begins, though. Interesting. The the beginning of this psalm blows my mind. 
somebody in a recent study that I was conducting on prayer asked, should be should we be worried in prayer about making God mad at us with what we pray? Oh, wow. And, you know, my wow. response to the fellow was, well, look, on the surface, I want to say, yeah, we should be worried about making God mad at us and incurring his wrath and his anger in everything we do. Sure. But then I come to the Psalms when it comes to prayer in specific, and I find these statements that are made that I would be certain would just blow God's stack, hmm. and yet it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, here I am in the middle of my sin, I'm being disciplined, and I come to God with a prayer and tell him how to respond to me in my sin. Hmm. I see what you're saying. D- Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger. Verse 1, yeah. Don't, don't, rebu- don't discipline me in your wrath. You, you've got, your arrows have sunk into me, your hand has come down on me, Lord, look. Okay, I get it. I yeah. deserve it, but would you stop? Yeah. And and it blows my mind that David starts this prayer that way. Well, let me ask you this. Without using the word mercy, doesn't it seem like he's asking for mercy here? There's this recognition that he is being rebuked, but not in your wrath. You know, I think about Hebrews and and understanding that our God is a consuming fire and it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And the chastening, the the discipline that David is experiencing right right now, that's that's enough. You know, he's he's sorrowful and he's crying out and and there seems to be a, a realization and it can be so much worse. So God, please. <laughs> please mercy. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be okay with God, please, please mercy. Okay. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. And this may be a cultural thing. This may be a cultural thing about how to communicate with people. I don't see Psalm 38 one as God as just another version of God, please, please, mercy. It's hey, enough. Hmm. <laughs> I mean it's it's like it's imperatives, it's commands, it's uh, directions. Uh. And and yet God takes it. Mm-hmm. And and not only does God take it, but when he is inspiring his Psalter, this guidebook for prayer and worship for the Israelites, he says, you know, this psalm, this gets to be one of them. Yeah, and I would say in that, it probably is the psalm that David didn't like writing as much. I mean, I, I can't put myself in his in his sandals, but I, I got to wonder, uh, you know, spending time and rehearsing in your mind your own mistakes, the very bad consequences of your own mistakes— Okay, not something I like to do. Well, Psalm 23 is certainly a much more enjoyable psalm to write, to read, (laughs) to meditate upon than Psalm 38. Well, again, it's it's all of humanity that we find the whole human experience spoken to in the Psalms. I, I guess I'm talking about remembering, though, because I've got a little heading at the beginning of Psalm 38 to bring to remembrance. Mm hmm. When you read the ESV, it was a memorial offering. Um. NIV is a little different. It says it's a petition. Mm-hmm. But there seems to be this emphasis on, I need to remember this. Is it David's name to remember this? Is it we're asking God to remember something here? The term in the heading is interesting, and there's a lot of disagreement about how it should be read. You you even just mentioned three different ways of translating it. Right, yeah. And so uh, mem- the word is memorial. It is memorial. It, okay. is, it is memorial. And... We find passages that use that exact same word to refer to the memorial 
offering. It it goes along with when there were the grain offerings in the early part of Leviticus, yeah, there was the part yeah. that they the handful that they were supposed to go ahead and burn up mm-hmm. as a memorial. Okay. That's the word. Okay. okay. So and then that. Uh, the rest of it would go to the priests and the Levites as their support. But there okay. was the bit that was... Uh, and so some say, well, this is somehow connected to those memorial offerings. So, so a, like a liturgical purpose then for this song. The struggle huh. is trying to figure out exactly how those sacrifices connect with this psalm. Right. You would think you would need like a sin offering, an atonement sacrifice for this right. psalm. Okay, so let's make a connection with the sin offering. So what we okay. have there is a very similar grammatical experience when you go back to leviticus oftentimes when it talks about the sin offering it just uses the word sin okay in that context you know it is a sin offering but there are other times that word is used and it means sin it doesn't mean the offering for sin okay and so there are some that would recognize well that's probably what's happening here it's for memorial it's for remembrance Mm. it's not a reference to the offering that leviticus brings up it's it's really just memorial it is remembering and so in that case it is david bringing to his own remembrance it's us bringing to our remembrance and and what part of it is it that we're remembering is it the part that i'm a rotten awful sinner or is it the part that god forgives mm. and so i can go to god and and that's that's one of the really powerful things yeah that automatically makes me think about what you and I most commonly think of today when we mention memorial. So I'm just going to throw it out to you when I talk about Christians and memorial, word association game, what do you think of? I'm thinking of the Lord's Supper. Absolutely. Yeah. What do we remember at the Lord's Supper? Well, I I might remember my sinful awfulness that put Jesus on on the cross. On the cross, yeah. Or I might remember God's mercy and grace that allowed Jesus to go to the cross on my behalf. And actually, I think we see kind of that same thing here in Psalm 38. There is the remembrance of my sin and its yeah. consequences, but there's also the remembrance of my great God, mm. and, and it's a powerful thing. It still kicks off with, Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger. I, I'm reminded of what it says in Jeremiah 10, 23 and 24. I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Correct me, O Lord, but in justice, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In that context, it's the idea of, I know I need correction. Yeah. I need you to rebuke me mm-hmm. because it's not in me to direct my steps. If, if you don't correct me, if you don't lead me, if you don't discipline me, I am going to go way off into sin. So correct me. But, I, but I've got to ask you, please don't do it in your anger. I know what I deserve is your anger. Yeah. I deserve your anger. But, but if, if what's just going to happen is the deserved anger is unleashed on me, mm-hmm. I will become nothing. Yeah. So I'm asking for your discipline. I'm asking for your correction because I've sinned. It's not in me to direct my steps. I go the wrong way. The way you're going to direct me is through this correcting. But please don't give me everything I deserve. He talks about the sin so directly, so uh, clearly, the, the reality of the sin between him and God. And um, where I'm going with this is so often we don't want to acknowledge that. We'd like to hide it. We'd like to leave that alone. And, you know, Achan wants to hide the sin and bury it in his tent. And Adam and Eve want to go hide in the brush somewhere and, and not face God. Uh, right? And so cover this up, cover this up. That's not what the psalmist can do. Even David for a time with his sin with Bathsheba, it seemed like things were going to be covered up. You know, Uriah is dead and I married this girl and maybe no one's going to do the math on the baby. And it's, it's, 
you know, sure. it's, it's covered up until the prophet comes and lays it bare. You're the man. You're the man. You're the man. And so it's not going to be covered up. And well, I don't know for certain that this is in connection with that sin. It certainly is an attitude towards sin. Can't cover it up to God. Have to acknowledge it. Have to acknowledge it. And so make it right with the Lord. This is another one of those Psalms where I think people want to move into the, oh, see, this is what sin and guilt does. Guilt produces psychosomatic response. I mean, no wonder he's got all this pain, because when you feel guilt, when you feel shame, it not only impacts you emotionally and psychologically, but that impacts your body. I want to go back and repeat what we said in earlier Psalms where that's brought up. David is saying this isn't psychosomatic. Yeah. It's uh, the word we made up then was it's theosomatic. theosomatic it's yeah. God has done this. Yeah. And I love this from the new Bible commentary. One of the comments they made, and I just love the way it was worded. Only the Lord's favor can deliver us from the Lord's disfavor. Mm. Only mm-hmm. the Lord's favor can deliver us from the Lord's disfavor. Why does David go to God? Because he understands what what's at the heart of of the sin, or excuse yeah. me, what's at the heart of the struggles and the problems. Yeah. The heart is, I sinned. Yeah. It's not, oh, I made some financial mistakes. It's not, oh, I, you know, just didn't do things every the way I should. You know, if I, if I just try harder next time, everything's going to be okay. No, no, it's sin. And so the only escape for that is to go to God. So don't hide it. Don't hide it from God. Yeah. Don't, don't try to cover it up. Go to God. Confess it to God. And connecting what he says here, as as shocking as it is at the beginning of this, and it blew my mind when we read it in Psalm 6, but at least in Psalm 6, he, he's not confessing sin. He he recognizes that he needs the Lord's discipline, but but there's no, hey, I've sinned, that's why all this is happening. But man, here in Psalm 38, it's sin. Yeah. But what we're able to do is take it to God, mm-hmm. and God will listen, and God will hear. Praise God. Praise God. We're so glad that you joined us for Text Talk today. Send us an email. Let us know what you're learning from God's Word and your readings. Uh, We enjoy the email so much. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org is where you can reach us. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Edwin, would you lead us in prayer? Holy God, we need your correction and we need your discipline. We ask, Lord, that when you bring it, you do so in justice and out of your steadfast love and faithfulness and not in your anger. Because, Lord, if your anger that we deserve was expressed upon us, it would bring us to nothing. And so we ask, Lord, that you would correct us, that you would refine us, that you would prove us, you would try us and test us, that you would find every evil way within us, and that you would crush it and stamp it out and make us more like you, more like your Son, more like your Spirit. And I admit it scares me to death to ask that. But I ask, Lord, that you would give us the strength and the conviction and the commitment, the motivation and the discipline to to stay with you even when you have to turn the heat up to refine us in your refining fire. Lord, guide us through it. Make us stronger. Make us more like your son. It's through him that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.